You are now listening to episode 231 of the Big Bang Buzzcast, recorded on May 16th, 2022. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Nicole. And this week we're going to be talking about the dead hooker juxtaposition, episode 19 of season 2. Yes, look at us doing two in a row. Right. Before we ghost town this shit for like a while. <laughs> we got this. Yes. Um, yeah, so like as a reminder um, from what we mentioned last time, uh, after this episode, we're going to be going on a bit of a hiatus because we're going on vacation for three weeks. Mm-hmm. You um, leave two weeks from today. Hmm? I said you leave two weeks from today. I do. Coming up fast. It's coming up so quick now. Like when we first, um, well, we first planned it for 2020, but like when we actually like made plans last September when you were here for this, I was like, that is so far away. And now every day I swear we're getting like a week closer. Yeah. And that might just be my like low key, have I thought of everything panic? But (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So because of that, we'll be on hiatus for the month of June. Um, and then we'll be, be back in July with a new episode. Um, I'm not sure yet exactly what date that'll end up falling, um, but we'll put updates out on Twitter once we figure that schedule out. I think the first Monday in July is the 4th. Um, I will be doing jack shit. I don't know if you are. Um, so I feel like we would either record that day or the Monday after. And then let me double check. I could be wrong. Yeah, the first Monday in July is the 4th, unless we record the 27th and then post it the 4th, or we record the 4th, post it 11th, or record the 11th and post on the 18th. It will be one of those days. Yeah, so there will be options, but like I said, we'll let you know on Twitter once we figure that out ourselves. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say July 18th at the latest will be when we drop another one. Um. We're just not sure exactly when we're going to record it. Yeah, and I would say probably before then, but we'll figure that out. Yeah, that would be like a longest possible hiatus. Yeah. Um, But then before we get into the episode discussion for this week, uh, we have a bit of news. Uh, Kunal was awarded an honorary... was it a doctorate or just honorary degree from his alma mater? Honorary doctorate. Because he said on his Instagram, like, oh my gosh, I played a doctor for 12 years and now I have an actual doctorate. And Maya is just kind of like, bitch, no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, she didn't say that. To my knowledge, she didn't say that. I'm just <laughs> speculating. If she had co- like commented that on Instagram, that would have been fantastic. That would have been hilarious. Um but no, that is just, if I was Mayim, that is the type of joke I would make toward him. But um, I don't know that she said that. Please don't quote me on that. And if she did say that, I don't think it was mean-spirited. <laughs> um, just to clarify. Yeah, so it was from the University of Portland, um, where Kunal himself graduated in 2003. Um, and then he was cast on the Bang Theory four years after that. Um, yeah, and in between those two things, he played a terrorist on NCIS. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he gave their um, commencement. Did he give the commencement speech? I assume so. Or he gave yeah, he, speech. He did give a commencement speech. He um, linked it in his Instagram bio. I believe it's still his linked thing. So, um, yes. Yes. 
Yeah, so that's cool to see and definitely cool for him, so. Man, I just Googled Kunal Nair NCIS to try to see when that aired and the pictures of him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I need to see this. Just Google Kunal Nair NCIS. You don't even have to hit image results. Like, the same picture pops up, like, four times right at the top. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) The mustache. Yes, that's a look. (laughs) And that was in the season four episode, Suspicion. Mm -hmm. Um, What? When did that air? Hold on. Season four, episode 12. Oh, it actually aired in 2007. So it would have been around the same time. It aired January 16th, 2007. So it would have been shortly before Big Bang. Mm-hmm. Very shortly. Yeah, that is definitely a look. <laughs> it is. It is. And just in case anyone doesn't know how we made that leap, I know we've talked about it before, but in Comic-Con in, what year was that, 2017? Um, someone who went to the same school as Kunal asked what he did after that, and his response was, well, I played a terrorist on NCIS, and then I booked the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that specific thing from Comic-Con, but I just remember him at other times mentioning the plane of terrorist thing, so. The way he said it was the funniest part, because, and especially when you keep in mind, like, there were a bunch of people in there that were just, like, waiting for Game of Thrones, and they did not care in the slightest that, that they were just sitting there because they had to keep their spots. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't, they didn't really know anything about him, and they were like, oh, like, what did you do? And he just goes... Well, I played a terrorist on NCIS. Like, that was how he said it. And, like, everyone just laughed so hard because, like, I think it was just one of those things where we're like, oh, we don't know this dude, but, like, he has great delivery. Yes. Because <laughs> he's just like, yeah, definitely uh, got typecasted a little bit because I can look like a terrorist with that mustache on. Um, and then he added, so my range is incredible. <laughs> And then later on, when they asked if they, um, they asked the writers how far ahead they plan, and they say they just kind of go with what the characters are telling them. And then one of them was just like, well, you know, if we ever decide Raj is going to be a terrorist, at least we know Kunal can handle it. (laughs) Good times. All right. Yeah, that was a good panel. Also, I'll throw out a quick plug for Kunal's book, which was out several years ago. But if you want to, like, read more about, like, his career pre-Big Bang and also, like, I believe there's a lot of stuff that he wrote about his college experience, that was a really good book, I remember. So, yes, he made a point to say that he was very bad at sex in college. That stood out (laughs) to me. (laughs) I do not remember that part. (laughs) Yeah. And it wasn't even, it wasn't like there was a chapter on that. There was just a couple paragraphs that I'm like, he is just being brutally honest here. (laughs) Alrighty, so Dead Hooker. Dead Hooker, like we said, episode 19. So Penny comes over, or she was over. We found out that the guys had called her over basically to come kill a small spider for them, which... I I do not like killing spiders, so I feel like I'm with the guys on that one. I don't like killing spiders just because, like, they're just, they're not malicious, and, like, they're important to the ecosystem. Like, I I like moving spiders and putting them outside, Mm -hmm. but when I say that, I mean I like other people moving the spiders (laughs) and putting them outside. I don't want to get close to them, 
so um like oh my god that part in one of the home alone movies i think it was the first one where kevin puts the tarantula on one of the bad guys's face oh no i have definitely see like i just I, I I will I will kill them. I will just say that I'll admit to rather than relocate them. But there have been. I times remember a time when you vacuumed one and then I was, put the vacuum outside. I was going to say I think that might have been a cockroach though. I have. I thought it was. I remember the story, but yeah. I have definitely trapped like cockroaches underneath a cup and just left it there for several days until I was sure that it was dead and then I could throw it out. Yeah, there was one time, I'm pretty sure it was a cockroach. It was, like, on the wall in the hallway, I believe. And my mom and I were both, like, freaking out about it. And my dad was asleep and somehow didn't wake up while we managed to vacuum it up into the vacuum cleaner. And then, yeah, we put the vacuum either, like, outside or at least out on the porch so in case it tried to crawl back out. Yeah, um, I flush things that I kill. Um, (laughs) Also, now that I'm aware that that's a cockroach, I am never coming to your house again. (laughs) Um, I don't like cockroaches. There's actually a couple spiders in our basement right now that have a nest, which I don't love. But there's nothing I can really do about it. So whatever. Um, I remember when I was living in Kentucky and I was on the phone with my father when I saw a giant spider and I was like, oh, and so I like started pointing at it like, Eliza, Eliza, go get it. (laughs) But she won't ever. She's she's very useless as a uh, natural predator. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. I thought that she might help. One of my friend's dogs just eats everything, which wouldn't be great if they ever ate something that could bite and make their tongue swell or something. But most spiders that are where she lives don't do anything like that. That's good. Um, Yeah. So Penny and I love how Penny's the one who's just like y'all about it, because you would think that like the whole like dumb blonde stereotype that like she'd be afraid of spiders. But now she's just like, for the love of God, like, I will go after them. Yeah, like at least put out an effort here. Yeah. Yeah. So then Sheldon says he's got a bigger problem because they steamed his dumplings. Which I don't really want to make fun of because I know that they never diagnosed Sheldon with anything and they did that on purpose. Um, And some people like that. Some people don't like that. But there are people who have, like, food sensitivities to textures. Um, I don't – I somewhat have it for food, but it's more for clothing for me. Like, there's some clothing that I can't wear because the feeling of it touching my skin is like nails on a chalkboard. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know there's a lot of people that have that with food. So I don't eat dumplings, but I don't know really anything. I honestly probably couldn't even tell you what they are. Um, But – I could see how preparing them a different way could be upsetting to somebody. And I know that this was supposed to be made fun of Sheldon, but like, I I can understand it. Yeah. I mean, even like, so for me, I don't have like sensitivities with food as far as like texture type things how some people may have, but just being like a very picky eater in general, um, which maybe some of it is like, I don't like textures. I don't know. But anyways, just being a picky eater, I know like there have been times where like I get home with like food I picked up and then it turns out something is like majorly wrong with it. And like, depending on my mood, like I've cried over that, like, no, like I can't eat this now or like, I don't want to eat this now. So I've been yeah, there with like, I mean, being upset about food. 
I remember your hot dog thing from a couple weeks ago. So yes, that was that was very disappointing. <laughs> Did Nina enjoy them though? Um, I think so. Okay, that's good. Um, but yeah, so I I do get it. Um, so then Howard hits on Penny. Mm-hmm. He determines that there is a number, though I don't think that was her intent. That is not what she was going for. Also, though, real quick, in case any younger people are listening to this, do not use multiple condoms. The friction between the condoms actually makes them more like likely to break. Mm-hmm. So I know that that was just a joke, but I know there are some people who are like, oh, we're extra careful. We use two condoms. That is not good. Two is worse than one in this situation. So that is just a... Uh, I don't want to say life hack, but a tip, a PSA, exactly. Yes. Uh, so Penny tries to change the uh, change the topic. Uh, mentions that the people upstairs are moving out, which just makes everything worse for Sheldon. Yeah, it's like we will reroute you from your dumpling thing into something much bigger. Yeah. And Leonard's, of course, is like, why did you say that? You should say it slowly. I like his analogy with, like, putting a fish in the new tank. Let the bag sit in the water a little bit. I don't really know how she says that slowly, though. I mean, I guess, I don't know, if you sort of try to lead into it more rather than just dropping the bomb, but I don't know. I'm sure Leonard would figure something out with his Sheldon experience. Yeah. Um, so then Sheldon said that he, I did like his change is never fine. They say it is, but it's not. Like, I can feel that. I feel that in a lot of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. and I continue to be alarmed at how much I relate to Sheldon as we go back through these. Um, although to be fair, when I was in high school and stuff, and like I've said before, like Big Bang Theory actually made me bullied less because if someone's there's a character on a popular TV show, like, you know, everyone knows them, everyone likes them. And there were a lot of people that like actually stopped bullying me because all of a sudden I was like Sheldon and they thought that that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't view myself as even close to Sheldon in terms of extremes, but I, I, there definitely are, as I've talked about, especially recently, like parts of him that I'm like, I understand. And I think just like in general, the human brain The human brain likes to categorize things. And I can see how in a broad sense, they would categorize me that way, even though Sheldon's not the one I relate to the most, but I can see it. Yeah. Um, So then Sheldon says that he never met the people that were moving out and that's what made them perfect. I kind of also like that, like, I lived on the top floor of my most recent apartment building But I always tried to be quiet so I wouldn't stomp on somebody, you know, some sort of Mr. Heckles situation, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, they they weren't they weren't loud. They, you know, they just didn't they didn't make a ripple. And that's the kind of person I like to be. That's the kind of neighbor I also like. I never understand people in hotels that like open the door and like scream at someone down the hall. I'm like, are you guys not aware that you're not the only people in this building? Yeah. So, yeah, I also appreciate that. Well, then, so, like, speaking of relating to Sheldon, like, I'm with him on this next part when Penny's like, oh, I'm sure the new people will be just just as quiet. And he's like, you can't know that. How can you possibly know that? 
Literally. Which, like, even though I do, like, I tend to be very optimistic in situations where we're like, hopefully they'll be just as quiet. But, like, when people are like, oh, like, I'm sure it'll be okay. I'm like, but you don't know that. You really don't know that. And honestly, this isn't even a situation where you're talking about, like, odds. Like, for example, um, one of my friends, you know this friend, Um, She recently had a baby and he was a preemie, but he was almost 35 weeks. And there were people telling her like, oh, I'm sure he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And in that case, we don't know. But 35 weekers do have an extremely high survival rate. So in that situation, like saying, I'm sure he will be fine. She actually agreed with that. Like when people said that, she goes, oh, yeah, I'm sure he will be Um, which would be different than if he was like a 28 weeker, even though they still have pretty good odds. But like a 35 weeker, like a lot of babies are born at that time. And like they do need the NICU. But generally, if they're born at 35 weeks, if they were not born because something was existing that was wrong with them, like in that case, they're generally going to be fine. Now, this friend of mine um, and some other friends of mine, I'll use another friend of mine, She had um, an early miscarriage with her first pregnancy. She's very open about it. She now has a nine-month-old son. Um, When she got pregnant the second time, like, she didn't announce right away because she's like, I know people are going to be like, oh, I'm sure this one will be fine. And, like, in that case, you don't know. Like, very early, like, a lot of pregnancies end at that time. Just throw a trigger warning in the show notes that I talk about that I mentioned this a little bit. Okay. But, like, you know, at that case, it's, like, yes, like, one in four pregnancies do end in loss. Normally, it happens before the person knows that they're pregnant. But, like, I would never say I'm sure it'll be fine to someone who has recurrent pregnancy loss, like, the day they pee on the stick and see that it's positive. Like, that's irresponsible. Yeah. Um, But, like, I'm sure it'll be fine when your baby's, like, four pounds and is all of that. Like, that is a little safer. And I realize that this is an extreme example. But... You know, there are situations where I'm sure it will be fine might make sense if like the odds are overwhelmingly saying that, but just abstractly saying that, especially in an apartment, like how often do you hear stories of people being nightmare neighbors? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there there are some times where it can be okay, but like other times it's just like, no, like you don't know that there's no way to know which way this will go. So. then like what's okay to say does depend on the situation and the individual that you're saying it to yeah you know um like for example um this february when it was jazz's birthday and i was i i knew it was going to be her last birthday um and i was very much like it was important to me that i celebrated it like it was her last birthday And I did have a couple people being like, oh, I'm sure. And I'm like, you don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, just because I haven't posted every little issue she has and everything that's progressing and every conversation we've had with the vet, you know, on social media does not mean stuff isn't happening. Like, you do not know the situation. I knew I was positive at that point it was her last birthday, but the year before I was pretty sure. And I'm like random people on Facebook who I maybe have met in person twice, have never met jazz, do not live here, did not know all of that stuff. Like being like, Oh, I wish you many more. I'm like, look, there will not be many more. So you need to stop with that. Yeah. And I also felt like it kind of was dismissive. Like to me, knowing it was her last birthday was 
was nice for me because I got to do like a big thing for her. Like she had a great day that day. I got to do all of her favorite things. And to me, it was very important to be aware of that. And I don't think people understood that. And they were just like, oh, I don't like thinking about that. So I'm going to try to convince her that it's not the situation. And I'm like, no, like it's important to me. Like saying like, oh, I'm sure it isn't. I'm like, I don't want, I'm sure it isn't. Like so many people when they have younger horses that, that they lose them to a freak accident, like their next birthday rolls around and they say like, I wish I had known that this was the last time. Mm-hmm. So treating her last birthday like her last birthday was something that was very healing for me. And other people just jump in trying to cope the way that they would cope. And I'm like, don't project how you handle things on me. Yeah. Anyway, that went a bunch of different ways, but but Sheldon I also <laughs> Sheldon does have a point, especially when Penny was very clearly doing that to just try to move on from the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's dismiss, you know. Not only is it dismissive, but it's also like he's like, "Oh my gosh, this is awful," and she's like, "No, nah, it'll be fine." Okay, next. Like that's kind of how it felt. Yeah. So I could see how that got him upset. Although I did like when Leonard was like, why are you making it worse? And she's like, I tried making it better first. Yeah, I was just going to say, despite all that, I do like her. Like, he wouldn't go for it. Her response, I absolutely... My sister will... That's another one that my sister will quote. Like, if I say, like, if she's talking about people being loud and I'm like an opera singer at a cast of Stomp, Kristen will go, a tap dancing pirate with a wooden leg and she'll do the little <laughs> kick that she did. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I love that. Even though she was being an asshole, like, her examples were funny. Yes. And then Howard decides, hey, you know what? I'm going to rent that apartment. Which leads Penny to now being the one that's horrified. Although, let's be real, Penny. How much extra time could he really spend there? <laughs> like, he's already there a lot. Right. Yeah, so then the guys are going to help Howard move, which I'm, like, just now thinking about it. Like, if he would be moving, he would, if they're, like, going to, assuming they're, like, going to actually there to move his stuff right now, which he would have already signed everything for the apartment, but then he backs out. So that would be a whole mess for him to be like, oh, nope, never mind. I need to cancel this contract. Yeah. Um, Now, I do love when um, he was all like, oh, I understand you don't want your little bird to leave the nest. And she's just like, you're almost 30. Fly, for God's sake. Yes. Um, Although, honestly, that relationship between Howard and his mother, like, those are kind of hard for me to watch, like, because I live with my folks and it makes me feel incredibly guilty, even though, like, I do not freeload like Howard Howard freeloads. But... Mm. um, those scenes definitely make me feel I don't find them as funny anymore because it makes me just feel like an awful person for living with my parents. I mean, I, 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 I sort of get where you're coming from. Um, but then I, 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 as I've mentioned, live with my dad still, but I feel yeah. like I'm just able, I guess I'm able to separate a bit more like as I'm watching like the different situations. So I don't directly apply it to myself. Um, but I still get how you well like that. part of why I apply it to myself is like my parents laugh at those jokes because like they like will laugh at them and then look at me mm. and it's like they think it's funny and I know that they don't resent me but the fact that like they hear those jokes and associate it with me like that kind of hurts my feelings 
things a yeah, little bit. That would definitely make um, a difference. And like I kind of laugh along too because like I don't want them to I don't want them to feel guilty for finding it funny. But I also don't have a very high opinion of Howard in the early seasons. And knowing that my parents are kind of like essentially calling me a Howard when they associate those jokes with me, like that just makes it kind of complicated. Yeah, that would. Um, I do like the sort of like it, the running, um, not gag, but like the running line about how like Mrs. Wallowitz, how she thinks like Olive Garden is a fancy place, which yes. has come up in multiple episodes. Though, like, to be fair, or just to say, when I was younger, I also viewed Olive Garden as more of, like, a fancy place. <laughs> so, I mean, like, compared to, like, McDonald's that we would go to, it was like, oh, like, right, Olive Garden like, is, like, a special occasion, so. I mean, I, like, rarely go to restaurants. When I do, they're 99% of the time fast food. So, like, honestly, Olive Garden is one of the nicest restaurants that I go to with even semi-regularity and by that I mean a couple times a year Mm -hmm. because I don't eat out much um so like if you're looking specifically if we're ranking the restaurants that I frequent Olive Garden is fancy it's just like I'm aware that it's not like a Michelin type shit you know what I'm saying um but within the scope of the places I eat that is one of the fancier places yeah I like we we ate there more when I was younger than I have in recent years. Like I don't go very often, but I mean their breadsticks are reason enough to go. So I'll call. Oh them my god, they have those. they have fried mozzarella that I'm already thinking about because we're going to be eating there in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and I'm like, I have a gift card, but see, okay, I can't I can't get what I want to order or what I would order plus the fried mozzarella with my gift card, but. I will if cover I the fried a, mozzarella. <laughs> you want to split now. it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. We'll do that then. Because I'm like, I'm definitely going to order it. I just have to figure it out. But okay. Gosh, yeah. We I'm will split. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I might go to Arby's just so I could get cheese sticks from them for lunch. <laughs> oh my God. If I was not just out for like three hours door dashing, I would 100% also go. You know, fuck it. You want to both go to Arby's after <laughs> we do this? <laughs> sounds good (laughs) okay all right we will go to arby's together separately after this um okay so then i don't love how the scene ends just because we've talked about i don't love the running gag of howard hating his mother Mm -hmm. because she loves him a lot and knowing that she passes away during the show thinking back on it I'm just like I'm sure he regrets those statements and they hit differently now and I I just don't like it like I I can never imagine and I mean I know I still have both my parents but even still having them I can't imagine saying that to either of them Mm -hmm. so don't love it I understand that at the time they didn't know that Carol Ann was going to pass away but I just still it rubs me wrong we've talked about it before yeah yeah, the, okay. like their scenes are definitely like watching them now. It's a very different. Yeah. Like, and like, I understand that there's this whole like conflict with your parents. I associate it more with being a teenager. I never actually had that type of conflict with my parents as a teenager. But like hearing someone who's like my age, like he, he him, him then was like my age now. 
And I'm just like, I understand that the joke is Howard is kind of juvenile because he lives with his parents, which is bullshit because a lot of people our age live with our parents um, because just gestures vaguely at everything. Um, But I understand that like they're trying to say because she makes his food and he drinks chocolate milk and all this other stuff like that. He's essentially a child. But I'm like, bro. No one who's approaching 30 should be having these screaming fights with their parents. Mm-hmm. Like, grow up a little bit. Even before... Now, when this started airing, I was at the age where a lot of my friends were having that. So, it we're having those types of fights. And so, I was not as keenly aware of it. But, like, now that I am the age that he was in this episode, or I'm, I might be a year older, but, like, whatever. I'm just kind of, like, buddy. Like, we're too old for this crap. Um, but also now... I'm just angry about it because of just how that storyline goes ultimately. All right. So now the next scene. Uh, So Leonard and Sheldon walk into the lobby and find it full of boxes (laughs) from the new person who's moving. I liked his, they're here. (laughs) Sheldon randomly picks one up to shake, checking for musical instruments, which I'm just thinking, like, most musical instruments wouldn't make a sound when you just shake them, so. I mean, percussion might, but also, like, I feel like there are more that aren't percussion. If somebody picks up a box with my flute in it and starts shaking it, I'm going to be like, pal, if anything is wrong with that flute when I take it out. Right. (laughs) Like... Absolutely not. My sister has a violin. You can fuck those things up by shaking them. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you do strings, so, like, you know. Yeah, do not shake my viola. Absolutely not. So, I'm like, don't do that, buddy. But I do like how he says the box says kitchen, and then Sheldon says, do cocaine smugglers (laughs) write cocaine on the box? Because wasn't there a news story recently where, like, someone busted someone with a bag of cocaine and the bag actually said cocaine on it? I did not see that, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so then Alicia walks in. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a bag labeled bag full of drugs that had (laughs) ecstasy and pot in it. (laughs) This was in 2020. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it says, police discover that bag labeled bag full of drugs is filled with drugs. (laughs) Okay, um, the box is kitchen, so it's probably utensils. So then Alicia shows up. Yes. They have a very weak attempt at paralleling when they met Penny. Yeah. And then, like, two lines later, I feel, is a very weak attempt at recycling a joke from Friends, um, which Sheldon then says, if that concludes your faltering attempt to mate. <laughs> It reminds me of that meme with the snake where it's like, at the moment, he stands no chance of mating. (laughs) You know, with like, going back real quick to like the paralleling the pilot, like the hellos are like obvious, but I can't remember if I noticed before, but like Alicia's like, oh, like her, she says, that's nice, is like very much like Penny's like, oh, that's nice when her, like when they were first met also. Yeah, I understand that they were trying to do something with that, but I feel like it maybe would have been more effective with, like, someone who they actually date for a while, rather than, like, a one-off character. I mean, I feel like it makes 
sense within how like Penny turns like jealous. exactly. I know I know that like she's upset by it. Yeah. But also like it's very clear by the end of the episode that like none of them are ever going to date her. It's clear before the end of the episode. But um I feel like in terms of like it like people being like oh my god like would I feel like it could have like been like a fandom tool like to manipulate how they feel about it mm-hmm. um but I do understand from the penny standpoint but also penny did not witness this yeah. so I don't know um so Sheldon has a handful of questions that he asks Alicia um and she ends up passing his little test which I like how he sums it up then, like, in the next scene when they meet Penny. Alicia's non-musical, child- childless, and pro-rug. Yeah. Still on probation, of course. <laughs> but, but I, I like, like her. <laughs> um, and then his, are you fertile? I am glad that he explained why he was asking. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, I don't see Alicia as a kid's type, personally. No, not from what we see here. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, I am someone who does not want children. So, like, no judgment on that because it's me. Mm -hmm. Um, She just doesn't really give off the vibe of, like... Like, I know she said I have no immediate plans, but she doesn't sound like someone who's like, oh, yeah, you know, in a year or two. Like, I just don't get that from her. Yeah, I mean, especially in this episode, how it's, like, the point of it is she's, like, exploiting the guys to do stuff for her. She doesn't seem like the type of person who would be, like wanting to put in the effort that a kid would exactly which is which is fine like people are like not having kids is selfish and then there's people who are like no it's not and i'm like okay it could be and that's fine like i will willingly admit that part of the reason i don't want kids is i'm selfish like pregnancy fucks up your body are you there yeah okay my noise just stopped so i wasn't sure pregnancy fucks up your body and i don't just mean childbirth pregnancy itself fucks up your body like I work in the general pregnancy adjacent, my my job involves pregnant people and like they tell stories about what they're experiencing now or what they've experienced with a previous child. Workers is currently pregnant with her second. Um, One of my coworkers has three kids, two of my coworkers have three kids. One of them just had her first this past fall. Like it messes with you. And it's difficult. And that's just the pregnancy part. Childbirth can mess you up. Um, We have way too high of a maternal fatality rate in this country for how developed we claim to be. And I won't even get started with how much how day could shortly become for women, even more so than it is now. Um, Or anyone who can get pregnant, men and non-binary people, you know, they can get pregnant too. I'm sorry for the exclusionist language there. Um, But like... It's okay to not want kids because you're selfish. Like, and then when they're born, so much money, so much time. Um, PPD is real. Um, postpartum psychosis is real. Postpartum anxiety. I have anxiety and depression already. I am prime candidates for both of those things. And if it is selfish to not want to put myself at a at high risk for uh, anxiety or depression, like spiral, call me selfish. I'll own it. Yeah. Anyway, so then... Yeah, they meet her on their way up the stairs. Leonard is carrying a comically large box. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Alicia and Penny have their little back and forth where uh, Penny is dressed 
in her like like her comfortable clothes or whatever. She, uh, she claims she's going for a jog. Sheldon calls her out on that. She does end up jogging though. Like she does become a jogger later. Oh yeah, true. So she does start at some so, point. Yeah, I like he's like you don't I jog. Can start. I can start. And then I like when he called her out on running out of clean clothes. And then when she says thank you, Sheldon, like he doesn't even seem like he thinks he's being an asshole. He's just like, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> like he genuinely thought yeah. he's helping. Um. Mm-hmm. But also, like, does she really think that, I mean, like, I know people who, like, their job is to look nice. Like, I know people who are, like, on camera for their jobs, and they have to dress nicely, and they have to look smart all the time. Like, when they're at home, they also dress in, like, hoodies and leggings and big t-shirts and all of that. Like, that doesn't mean that that's how they are all the time. And also, like, I personally, I know from everything we know about Alicia, like, this could be interpreted as mean-spirited, but her whole, like, oh, you look cute, I'm also dressed like a slob, like, that's not great word choice, and it could have been intended to be a dig, but I also, like, if I meet somebody and they're, like, getting really defensive about something that, like, I hadn't noticed about them, like, for example, there was a guy at my work who was, like, really actively upset that his children inherited his ears and I saw like nothing distinctive or odd or anything about his ears they did not stand out to me at all and he just kept on going on and on when I say 10 minutes I'm not exaggerating about how sad he was about it and it's like I don't really know how to respond to that like I normally go like oh yeah like I'm I'm really self-conscious about my teeth because I am Um, and so like, I could see if someone just like gets really defensive about their clothes when they're just like hanging out at home, like I could see how someone might not know how to respond to that and just be like, oh yeah, me too. And I I don't think it was phrased great and it may have been intended to be an insult, but I also, if if I'm going to give Alicia the benefit of the doubt on one thing this episode, it would be that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like if she just left it at, like, oh, like, please, you look cute, like, that would have been fine, and, like, she'd already, like, complimented his shirt earlier, but it's the, like, oh, like, I'm just, like, a slob today, too, where it starts to be, like, I don't know what her intentions really are here, so. Yeah, she took it, like, that was a little too far, Um, but I also know, like, in hindsight, it's very easy to be, like, I have definitely said things that at the time I did not mean a certain way, and then later I was, like, you know, I did talk a little more than I needed to talk, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so then I also liked how, um, when Alicia says to Penny about Leonard, like, oh, this one's a player, huh? And she's just like, oh, yeah, be careful. You know, like, that's what Leonard's known for. Yeah. Yeah, Penny is, like, very much, like, despite the little, like, outfit comparison, whatever, like, she's still not viewing Alicia as, like, a threat at this point to, like, the guy's attention. So it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah watch out, so... Yeah, at the mo- in the moment, she's just like, yeah, okay, about it, you know? Yeah. And then we have Penny mimicking Alicia, <laughs> which leads to Sheldon's It's a Trap. And I just like Penny's reaction at the end of that. She like <laughs> looks like she's going to say something, and then she's like, nope, and just walks out of there. That is one of my favorite, like, comedic things is when somebody's, like, in a situation and then they're like, you know what? I- I'm just going to leave. <laughs> um, like, there was a scene in Scorpion where 
two of the characters were trying to, um, and I probably use this example, they were trying to convince this guy, they were trying to get him to, like, spill on something. And so they, like, put him in a trunk and then, like, pretended that they had driven him out into the desert. Like, they, and then they, like, dropped him. And then they had, like, these handfuls of dirt and thing the dirt so it was making, like, a thunking noise on the... Um, um, on the trunk that they had him locked in, pretending that they were in the desert burying him alive or whatever. And at one point, this one other character who was a character, a part of the group, um, he just walked in and stood there for a second. And like you could see he had come to come to hang out and he just saw that for about 10 seconds. And then he just like backs out. Like, I'm not going to be whatever this is. Um, so kind of like that, <laughs> especially since that year in particular was someone who kind of seemed like he was up for anything. So we were like, you know it's bad when this guy wants no part of it. Um, but also, Sheldon's imitation of that character was terrible. Like, he was saying it like, it's a trap! And, like, that is not how that line was delivered. Like, Sheldon should know how he says it. I'm not going to mimic it myself, but I feel like if you're try, if you're actively trying to mimic that, it's not that difficult. Like... It's not like it was, it's not like he's saying it, or it's not like he said it in some weird accent. It's not that hard to mimic. Okay, so we had to take a break, and we're coming back now later in the day to finish out this episode. Uh, Nicole was having some computer issues, so we're now recording um, via a Google voice call that's being recorded, so that's why we sound a little different now. Uh, but hopefully we can get through this now um, so we can still get you this episode. Uh, so next scene um, then was Sheldon doing his mental math on the couch, uh, which is something I've kind of done before, not quite to the, I think, same extent as him with how complicated whatever that equation was, but definitely just like writing on like a table or something invisible to try to do some quick calculation. Yeah, and I like how he was, like, erasing. Yeah. And then we'll jump into the end of the scene because, like, oh, now I have to start over again. It just erases all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penny comes in. Um, she sort of did laundry, a.k.a. she bought new clothes. I definitely did that in college. <laughs> it's definitely easier to one extent. And I also hate doing laundry, so... Yeah. I also, um, I'm kind of surprised that Sheldon didn't know that they were new clothes just because of how much his attention to detail. Yeah, that's true. Not like, oh, you're wearing something new. It's just like, oh, you did laundry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Penny had dropped by looking for Leonard, um, because he promised to help set up her printer. Uh, but she finds out he's upstairs at Alicia's. Um, along with Howard and Raj setting up her stereo. Did I ever tell you a story of my uncle getting his printer set up? I don't think so. Or maybe it was already set up. But anyway, he calls um, my mother and is like, um, um, since my printer isn't working. And so my mom was like, okay, like, press this button, try this, like, she she was like try to print from this try to do it wireless like she was just giving him like all um all these instructions all this other stuff and then she goes okay let's just try turning it off and then back on and see if that works 
So she's like, press the power button. And he pressed it. And he goes, my, my printer's working. <laughs> so it was just so off the whole time? Yes, yeah, it was not on. So <laughs> he got like 30 copies of what he was trying to print. <laughs> and every time he asks her for help now, he always is like, and yes, it is on. <laughs> I love how that takes, like, turn it off and on again to a whole new level. It's just like, no, turn it on. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah, hopefully Penny is, like, at least above that level with her printer. I did like how Solomon said um, they were helping Alicia set up her stereo in what I can only perceive as a tactical move to destroy me. (laughs) Yeah, he was taking this very personally. Yes. Yeah, so then uh, Penny decides to head up, so we'll we jump to Alicia's apartment. Howard's, like, trying to, like, kind of, not quite hit on her, but or maybe, but, yeah, like, talking up, like, his, like, living situation, and, like, oh, yeah, I almost moved in. Um, and basically completely lying about, his actual situation. Well, I like how at first he's like, oh, yeah, I'm living with a woman. And it was like he thought that would be impressive. And now all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait, I'm hitting on her. I need to specify. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's also my maid. It's like the first sentence is him bragging to the guys. And then he switches to, oh, wait, this is something I'm interested (laughs) in. Yeah. So Penny shows up, has changed into a dress, wearing a Penny Blossom as well. Which is a nice callback. I also, um, it's like, Penny, you're, I'm dressed with a slob today. That doesn't work when she's already seen you in the (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. Not quite. Um, So I like how, like, there's, like, the moment where, like, when Leonard first says, like, how Alicia's also an actress, Penny's like, oh, like, that's so awesome. And that's, like, it comes off as completely genuine. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, I know it's so hard. And, like, so it's, like, they almost could have actually connected and, like, been friends. And then as soon as it turns out Alicia's like, oh, yeah, I've only gotten, like, a couple commercials and this recurring thing. Then it's just like, okay, no, this isn't going to work out after all between them. Yeah. Did you see a couple of commercials on a true crime thing? Uh, I don't think I did. I or a current thing. Oh, okay, maybe that was it. Because I, was, yeah. I heard true crime thing, and I'm like, I don't think that's for actresses, unless it's like those reenactments on Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Although I guess they are like, when possible, the actual people participate in the recreation of these events. <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries is free on Sling. I have been binging. (laughs) Yeah, and then she does have her crime show coming up later that we find out she gets. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. CSI, right? Hmm? CSI. I think so. There's, like, so many of those that I've never watched any of them, so I they all blur together. I did watch the original CSI, um, but Miami, New York, I never, Cyber, Cyber, I guess, was, I was interested for, like, a couple episodes, but you know me with spinoffs, I hate them, so. Yeah. Yeah, so then Leonard's working on her stereo, 
Alicia calls him cutie. Um, and then Penny's like, okay, I've got to do something here. So then she breaks into her physics joke, which just ends up insulting all of the guys. I like how she, like, emphasizes quantum mechanics and gives Alicia that look, <laughs> like, yeah, I know some stuff. Yeah. I can memorize some big words. Yeah. Yeah, and then Penny tries her mind liner about her printer, and he's just like, yeah, don't nag me. So, all in all, that goes very poorly for Penny. Like, Leonard has just been getting off big, you had your chance to be the already vibes, <laughs> like, this whole section of the season. Very true. Yeah, especially if you, like, I don't think I quite thought about it that way before, like, string together from um, cushion saturation through, yeah. Did you ever, and I think I know the answer to this, but you've surprised me before. Did you ever watch the Saddle Club TV shows or the movies? No. Okay, so there's one, I think it was one of the movies, where one of the guys was, um, well, guys, I mean, they're like preteens, but he had a crush on this girl, and he was asking this older guy, who was like a stable hand or whatever, like how to hit on her, and he gave some advice or whatever, but then he says, oh, just play it cool. And the kid's like, what does that mean? And he goes, ignore her. And the kid go and the kid goes, but she's already ignoring me. If I ignore her too, then we might as well be on different planets. <laughs> and that kind of reminds me here, like Leonard's just like, you know what? I'm gonna be dismissive. And that might work. Yep. And it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah, Penny goes back to Sheldon. Um and she's like, I don't know why I care. I don't care. All right, I do care. He cared um, enough to memorize the joke. Yes. But not look up what it means. No. Apparently not. And Sheldon goes into his little, like, you know, you might find this interesting about bees and, like, queen bees and how they, like, battle each other. And Penny of course, takes that as, like, her situation. And I like how Sheldon's just, like, completely, like, I'm just talking about bees. What are you talking about? It kind of. I know it was just supposed to be the joke and then the metaphor and everything, but, like, I also um, think that might maybe be making fun of how people find meaning in, like, everything. Like, there might be a popular song on the radio that's, like, about a breakup and then someone who's going through a breakup hears a song and they're like oh my or no like let's, let's say okay example a song about like making a mistake and getting back together with your ex or something say it's like very popular it gets played a million times a day someone's driving down the road that has just broken up they hear the song and they're like oh my god it's a sign that i should get back together with my ex but in reality it's a fucking popular song and that's why it was on the radio but yeah, people, that's playing for, like, millions of people at the same time. It's not a sign for everybody. Exactly. Um, and I think that those things can help in a sense. Like, when they say, like, oh, if you don't, like, if you can't decide something, flip a coin. And, like, when it's in the air, you hope it's going to land on one side. And that's how you know what you actually would rather do between two options. But then, like... There are people who, no matter what they hear, they're going to twist it into their situation. So I, I, this is a very good metaphor for the situation, but I also think to an extent, 
Penny knows she's threatened by Alicia, and so when Sheldon says that, she's just like, whoa, 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 even though, like, she knows. Mm-hmm. I'm also just kind of wondering, like, since this is, like, at least a couple seasons before, you know, we start really getting into Penny's head when she has other people, other girls to talk to, it's mm-hmm. like, this is where she's kind of, like, she's clearly threatened, and it clearly has a lot to do with Leonard, but it still seems like she doesn't fully understand why she's feeling that way yet, so yeah. it's interesting. And I, and, I mean, in this case, like, this, considering what they were working with, I think they did a good job with it, like, they didn't have a character yet for Penny to, like, bounce her feelings off of. But I think mm-hmm. considering, like, what it builds to at the end of the season, I kind of like that they also were keeping her feelings hidden from the audience. Like, we knew in general, but we didn't know, like, the momentum it had until the end of the season. Yeah, like, really the second half of, yeah, season two was, like, sort of, like, Penny slowly, like, little bits here and there for her coming around. So, it's interesting to view that way. On that note, um, I was arguing with somebody on good old fanfiction.net, like, during <laughs> season three, that they, of course, were a funny shipper, right? And they mm-hmm. said that the season three premiere didn't make any sense. I'm going to repeat that because I closed the door. The season three premiere didn't make any sense because there was, and I, this is an actual thing, actual quote, they said, there was literally no sign leading up to this that she wanted to date him. I think and they I missed like, a couple signs in there. They missed, like, multiple episodes. Like, yeah. I can think of two episodes specifically where, like, it pretty explicitly says that she wants to date. I mean, other than Penny being like, I would like to date Leonard, because you know someone out there would be like, well, she didn't literally say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I'm like, how do you – like, it's okay if you don't like it. But there's some things I don't ship, and it's clear that they're getting together, and I'm just like, fuck's sake. But, like, I'm not like, well, there were no signs. I'm like, no, no, I saw the signs, and I hated every single fucking one of them. (laughs) Been there, yes. But, yeah, they had their signs. Yeah. Yeah, so Penny ends that scene by finally getting the physics joke. Um, you can tell she's been turning that over in her head ever since it completely bombed with the guys. Right. Took her a bit, but at least she finally got there. Yeah. All right. So then we have Penny bought all the guys Chinese food for dinner. Um, she got all of Sheldon's order correct. And then she's asking, like, hey, like, do you want to play video games? Like, drop some Mentos and some Coke. Uh, and she's like, I got my geek on. So she's like really trying hard. Um, and then she loses them all like immediately when Alicia shows up. She was like aggressively peeing on all of them in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that part in Friends where, um, Ross was jealous of, uh, Mark and Rachel was like, you might as well just come into the office and pee all over the Yeah, and, like, like the guys are clearly confused with, like, uh, Raj whispering to Howard, like, trying to figure out what's up. Howard's no P.A.S. is different. Yeah. Yeah, Alicia needs a car ride to get to her audition for, yeah, it was CSI. 
So Leonard offers to drive, and Howard's like, I'll run your lines with you, and then Roz just goes along for the ride anyways. And she says she'll get them all Chinese for dinner. So they're gone. Um, I do like how, like, Penny tries to be like, oh, we already have food here, and Sheldon's like, they're gone, Penny. They can't hear you. <laughs> yes. So, so then we have like Penny basically being like, she's totally using them. She calls out how, uh, she had Howard drive out to get her, uh, TV in Orange County, which Sheldon does fairly point out. She had Leonard and him try to get her TV from Kurt. So it's like, it's, they, they are different situations. And like, if you compare back like Penny's attitude in the pilot towards them in the situation, like they are different, but he is, right and sort of pointing out like there were similarities so similarities but like I'm inconvenienced picking it up from a family member that I'm that I seem to be on good terms with versus Mm -hmm. like I am afraid to go to my ex's apartment and get something like I know that she's supposed to be the hypocrite in this situation but I think it's just another case of like just like with her showering with them in the first thing it's just like did any women contribute to writing this episode, do you, you know? I don't know. Okay. It just seems like it's just something that, and it's not It's not men's fault. It's just they are less likely to be in those situations, so they're less likely to think of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't see those situations as the same unless we have context that Alicia has some kind of volatile relationship with this uncle. Yeah, and just, like, from, like, what we, like, saw both of Penny and the pilot and her, like, relationship with the guys since then, she is not, like, constantly, like, using them and taking advantage of them to the extent that Alicia does, like, nowhere near in this episode. So, like, with full context, we can see they're very different, even though Sheldon's trying to point out a slight similarity. It does make sense that Sheldon would equate them because Sheldon does see things very black and white. Like, I think that's consistent with him. Yeah. Um, Just for me, I, like, I'll be honest, if I had an ex that I had been with long term and it it wound up not being a good relationship and I got out and they were probably upset about it, like, maybe I would go with the people that I, like, had go get it, but, like, I would not go by myself. Yeah. So, I do think it's different. I'm not saying that Kurt was abusive, but, I mean, considering he, she, you know, he was lying all the time and he cheated on her, he probably was gaslighting her at the very least. So, you know, not all abuse is, like, they beat me abuse, um, but I would think he probably was abusive in a sense. Yeah. That, and, like, overall, it wasn't a good relationship. And I mean, when you're with somebody long term like that, it is definitely overwhelming to leave. And then a lot of the time, because I mean, think about it, like both times that she randomly comes across him in these earlier seasons, she starts forgiving him. And she might be aware of that in the pilot and just being like, I don't want to go because he might convince me to come back. Yeah, just avoid that situation entirely. And, I mean, I am speculating to an extent on that, but also we know for a fact she bumps into him before the Halloween party. She invites him to the Halloween party. He shows up out of nowhere, quote-unquote, to give give her the money back, and she goes on a date with him. Like, 
she's not very good at, and this is not her fault, like, when you're in a long-term situation with a guy like that, they are very good at manipulating you. So I completely get it. I'm not blaming her. Um, but it just is a pattern of behavior. Um, so I, I do think it's different what Elise is asking them to do and what Penny asked them to do. Yeah. Yeah. So then after that, we have Alicia and Penny in the laundry room. Uh, we'll find out Alicia did get that part on CSI where Penny's just like, oh boy, like, and Alicia's like picking up on something's that's basically not genuine there. Um, Alicia asks how much physicists make. Phys- yeah. Phys- why can- why does that word sound weird right now? <laughs> Physics, physicists, yeah. Um, and Penny says she doesn't think it's a lot, and Alicia's like, yeah, well, that's what she figured. But then there also, she mentions how the guys are doing some other stuff for her, which finally leads Penny to, like, talking to her about the situation. Okay, really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, according to BLS.gov, physics and a- physicists and astronomers' job outlook, the Bureau of Labor. In 2021, the medium annual wage for physicists is $152,000 a year. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'd say that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. And on payscale.com, it says the average um, salary for a physicist is about 97000 That mm-hmm. is so much money to me. Yeah. I know, like, before we've talked about, like, it's come up on occasion, like, trying to figure out relatively how much the guys make. Because, like, there was also, like, Sheldon, he, when he was saying, like, if he could afford it, he would just rent the apartment by himself. And it's like, shouldn't he be able to afford that? So. Well, he can't afford it while still hoarding all of that money. Yeah. You know, it is all kind of the thing with billionaires. Like, they're like, um, if we had to pay this or that, then we wouldn't be billionaires anymore. And it's like, okay, but you still have plenty of money to live. Yeah. Sheldon can't afford it by himself if he wants to keep socking away, like, every single check in his drawer. But, yeah. Um, Penny tries to say, like, the guys are special. Um, And then in her example, she says they don't know how to use their shield, bringing up, like, a Star Trek reference. And then Penny's just like, where did that come from? I loved how, like, it wasn't even, like, Alicia questioned it. Like, as soon as it came out of her mouth, she's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And, like, I like how it takes, like, Penny, like, a second. She's just like, oh, yeah, you know, like, in Star Trek. And, it's like, she's, like, completely, like, normal with it. And then, yeah, it's just like, wait, where did that come from? Yeah, Alicia goes on the defense, like, who says I'm taking advantage. Um, and calls out that it's exactly what Penny does. Which Alicia has, like, barely seen them around Penny. So how does she even have, like, at least from what, what we've seen? So, like, right. what, like, ground? She has, like, knowledge of the entire show. And it's, like, she has barely been around. And, oh, I've seen you around them. Not really. Yeah. And it's, like, and, like it doesn't seem like the guys would have even been talking about Penny much around her because they're, like, so enamored with Alicia at the moment. So. Right. And it's, like. Even if she's referencing, like, the, um, what am I trying to say? Even if she's referencing Penny being all like, oh, here's food and we'll do this and all this other 
and we'll do this and all this other stuff. Well, like, from Jack's opinion, I just get the vibe that she wants her friends back. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, that's something that I get. Like, if you're friends with somebody and then they just start hanging out with other people, it's like, you, you just want that reassurance that your friendship is still important, even if you're friends with somebody else. Like, one of my good friends, I introduced them to another one of my good friends, and, like, they are actually now closer to with each other than, like, I am with either of them. And, like, we're still friends, but they also, like, don't make, like, in-jokes around me or whatever. Or, like, if they do, they immediately explain it so, like, I understand why it's funny. And, like, I haven't ever asked them to do that, but if they didn't do that, I would probably start feeling left out. hmm So... You know, at this point, Penny is just like, these people actually are a decent amount of my social life. And regardless of how often she asks them to do something, like, if someone told me, yeah, I will come over and help you with this, and then they start doing it for someone that they just met, and then if I'm like, hey, like, blah, blah, and then they, like, get snippy with me about it, like, I would just be like, what did I do? Yeah, and it wasn't like she was like, hey, here's some Chinese food. Now, Leonard, can you finally fix my printer? It was, hey, here's some Chinese food. Now, what do you guys want to do to hang out? So, right, like she just wanted to. And I hate when people like ditch plans that they have with somebody to go because they got like a better offer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, don't fucking do that. Yeah. So this confrontation between Penny and Alicia escalates. Uh, to then as we see as the guys walk into the lobby and then they end up rolling around on the ground, which in our last episode, you jumped ahead a little bit like, yeah, that's not a fight. That is not how women fight. That is how either men think women fight or it's how men wish women would fight because they find it hot when they roll around on the floor. If women have long hair, we grab the other person's hair, we pull it, or we use it to send their head into the ground. We scratch each other. We bite. It's not this cutesy little <laughs> type thing that this girl fight was. It was the worst girl fight ever. I don't think he fucking got that black eye. Yeah, right? From, like, what we saw, there was nothing that would have led to that and, like, her split lip. Especially since I'm pretty sure, I think it was implied at least, that Penny started the physical aspect of this. So how mm-hmm. did Alicia get the upper hand to punch her in the face and split her lip? I mean, I guess she could have split her lip if she, like, fell into something. But, like, I have never gotten a black eye from falling. No. And, like, assuming that, like, at that point, like, it wouldn't have continued too much longer after, like, the guys were all standing there. So... Yeah. And also, like, Howard's like, oh, I know you. You're stupid enough to break it up. If your friend is getting beaten up, you're supposed to break it up. Yeah. Like, and it, it was just dumb. Like, I have been, I have not, I'm not even, like, a fight person. Like, I have not been in that many fights. But, like, that's not how girls fight. Okay, we are not, we are much more hardcore than that. Um, we, we used to actually, there would be fights in the locker room in high school. And we would, like, circle around them, and, like, all of the, like, nerdy kids would just be, like, jumping up and down, punching the air, chanting fight. Like, <laughs> we didn't break it up either, which, but, like, again, these people are adults. We were, like, 15. Um, 
But, like, I have seen people get hurt worse in 10 seconds in the high school cafeteria than Penny got in this whole altercation. Mm-hmm. And even then, I do not see um, – I do not see how, based on that, she would have gotten hurt. Yeah. I'm also just, like, trying to think, like, the logistics of how they ended up in the lobby. I feel like I've always pictured the laundry room as, like, a basement sort of level. And they would, but then they would have had to go upstairs, which doesn't seem likely. So maybe it is just ground floor. I just thought they were down the hall. I guess, yeah, because I guess there would technically be room to the, like, if you're looking at the lobby, like, towards the right, like, where the guy's apartment would be eventually up above it. But, like, how, like, the laundry room, how they enter from the right, it seems like it would be more towards the left of the building. It's just a weird setup. Well, okay, so you walk in, you face the mailboxes. Isn't there, like, a little hall there? Yeah. So you turn left down that hall and then right into the laundry room. So it's, like, it winds up being, like, under the stairs. Okay. That's what I've always thought. People let us know if there was an episode where they referred to it being in the basement. The only reason I don't think it is, well, that's just the vibe I got. But, like, also, they could have redressed that staircase to show that they were going down to the basement. And we never had a scene where they walked into the basement. Yeah, it would It would be, like, it's. I feel like it's a weird setup either way. But for some reason, I've always just pictured it as, like, a basement sort of level. Which basements are not common in L.A., so I don't know why I'm picturing it that way anyways. <laughs> I was literally about to be like, maybe the building's old. It's still the same area of the world. <laughs> this building predates Los Angeles, so it has a basement. <laughs> yes, that's that's the answer. But yeah, that's how, but literally, if anybody knows if this is a mention and we forgot, like, just tell us. Yeah. All right, so then the tag, um, as we mentioned, Penny's got now the black eye and the split lip. Howard, like, tries complimenting her, and Penny just takes it, and he's like, yeah, this really isn't broken. <laughs> I like how he, like, it kind of reminds me, not to reference friends again, but, like, that time when they're in Vegas and Rachel is super drunk and Joey decides to do the how you doing thing at her and then he just smiles and says, I'm doing good, baby. How you doing? And then Joey turns to Ross and goes, don't let her drink anymore. <laughs> she had a flirty response to that. She is too drunk. So um, Howard being like, oh, shit, I gave her like a weird compliment and she just thanked me like something is wrong. That is like the perfect comparison. <laughs> yeah. I like how when Rachel says it, Joey kind of has that smirk and, like, nods a couple seconds like he's going to flirt right back, and then he's just like, no. <laughs> he's like, this is alarming. I'd be seriously taking advantage. She's very inebriated. Yeah, this is not right. Yeah. Yeah, so then they've got music coming down uh, from her apartment, from her stereo that Leonard set up. Um, she's hooking up with one of the producers, apparently, per her Facebook, and then they hear the bed going as well, which Sheldon misinterprets as them jumping up and down on the bed. I I genuinely want to know exactly what they're doing, though, that you could hear that through the roof with, like, the TV on and the stereo going. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, 
screams are, like, can be loud, but, like, my sister and I used to legit jump on the bed in my room, and my parents would be in the living room and not hear us. They would hear us giggling, but they wouldn't hear the springs. Yeah, like, does she just have, like, a very old bed with very <laughs> loud springs? The bed is older than L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I do like then like our last shot of like after Sheldon's line, Penny just mouthing like "Wow, Leonard." Yeah. Like, yep, that Sheldon. So that is the episode. It's honestly not really like one of my favorites of the season. Like I tend to like I feel like the like the handful before this, like oh yeah, these are all really good, and then it gets this one, it's like oh yeah, and then there's this one. It's not I bad. Like, I think it's fine. Um, there's some parts that are really funny. Um, I don't love the slut shaming. Yeah. Um, that's not great. But there are some, like, standalone jokes I really, really like in this. But um, it's definitely, like, not as good as, like, 15, 16, 17, 18. But I would still consider it part of, like, a stretch of good episodes. Yeah. It's so the standard is very high. It's probably the weakest in that stretch, but I do think it's a good stretch. Yeah, that's fair to say. Uh, so then, as we said, we'll be taking the month of June off. Um, so next time we're back, it will be with the Hofstetter isotope in July at some point. So and that'll be a fun one to come back to. Yes. I need to, like, go back in old messages and old posts and stuff and, like, remember what my original opinion was of Stuart because, like, I adore him now, but I'm sure in this first episode I wasn't like, oh, my God. I, yeah, I, like, I have no idea what my first impression of him was. I do not remember. I probably just thought he was weird, honestly. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I, I picked up on the fact that, like, he was similar to Leonard, but... It's weird how, like, it's kind of weird to think that it took him almost to the end of the second season before we saw him, just because he did become such a, like, standard on the show late, basically after that, you know? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I was not on the um, forum when this originally aired, so I didn't comment in any of the stuff. Was I talking to Amber yet? No, because I wasn't watching regularly yet. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what my first impression of him was. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. We've got some time to figure that out. Yep. Also, um, people listening, um, I hope that um, next time we record, we won't have to use Google Voice. Um, but my computer is just, when we use Audacity, it just started overheating and shutting down, like, we did, like, multiple trials. Like, this is going to be, like, the Frankenstein episode because I think there's, like, two or three separate parts that Roxanne has to stitch together for this. Um, but I'm hoping I can borrow a computer um, to record, and then we'll have our normal sound quality. Um, but I, I can't afford a new computer right now. Um, this one is literally being held together with duct tape. Um, so... We may have to do this for a couple episodes or episodes if I can't get a hold of a computer tomorrow. Um, but I will definitely try. Yeah. Well, whatever happens, we'll do our best to keep getting these episodes out to you guys. Like, worst case scenario, we just keep doing this. Um, yeah. I would just, I, I like the 
I mean, like, I haven't heard the sound quality yet. You were the one that did the quality control check, but I would just prefer to be able to use my snowball and talk into a computer mic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we'll be back in July, as we said. Um, we'll update you on Twitter once we figure out when, what date that will actually be. Um, and until then, if you guys want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us at podcast at com, or leave a message on the website at com, or tweet us at thebigbangbuzz with three Zs. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.